welcome to Gutter Trash episode 182, Cleveland. My name is Eric. I'm Jason. How's it going? Excellent. Other than, you know, being baked. Baked? Here. I'm so hot. No, no, it's, no, it's just super hot. It is incredibly hot out. I do not enjoy it. We're not fans of the hot weather. No, not at all. Uh, we like to be pasty nerds. Well... I'm not pasty, naturally. <laughs> right. By nature, I am not pasty. But, uh... I don't like going outside when the sun's out. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, we're goth. We are kind of goth. Right yeah. in, right straight to the heart. <laughs> we are both wearing our Cure makeup and uh, black nail polish right now. <laughs> yeah. We were practicing for our uh, Joy Division cover band just before this. Yep. It's coming along pretty nicely. It is. Yeah, yeah we're, I think we're, we're doing some neat stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know about your... Introduction of a harpsichord. Uh, I mean, a, not a harpsichord, but a accordion where the harpsichord should be. But right. But uh, you know. yeah, well, again, you know, uh, why be in a cover band if you're just going to do it note for note? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, true. that's well, true. Let's introduce some new elements. Let's uh, shake it up a bit. Okay, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, not looking forward to summer starting. No. Yeah, I know it's like a month away, and it's already like in the high eighties. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It's it be is crazy. not a fan, not a fan. I do like fans though. That's why Chauncey is on. Chauncey's awesome. Yeah, Chauncey's the fan that looks like a man, <laughs> <laughs> robotic man. Yeah, robot, yeah, like something from like a seventies sci-fi show that's set like in the twenty thirties. Right. Yeah. You know. Kind of like that. Like yeah. a Cylon, sort of. Yeah. Like an old school midget Cylon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. I could see uh, a Chauncey being uh, incorporated for parts and like as a, like an old school Doctor Who villain or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Like a, a cousin of a Dalek or something like that. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what you meant when you said whatever you said. Okay. <laughs> now we're even. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland. The We're mistake by the lake. <laughs> That's what they called it, yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. It's not a catchy title. I mean, it's catchy, but it's not, yeah. a, not a title you you, you, know, you, you want to have. For, right? yeah. If you are the city of Cleveland. Right. Uh, so, have you ever been to Cleveland? Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, well, have you enjoyed it? I enjoyed it immensely, actually. Really? But I was only there for, like, 24 hours. Okay. Um, I went to a, a Cleveland Art Museum while I was there, and uh, saw some... They had, like, some really good, like, armor on display. This was, like, uh, maybe... This is probably 10 years ago. And and uh, I looked at the art museum, and So, then, 2002? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah something... I, eh, I mean, I don't know. Some, right. Somewhere in there. Right. Somewhere between 1995 and 2010. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a blur. And then we went we went and saw uh, Fu Manchu. That's the reason I went to uh, Cleveland, just to see Fu Manchu play live. And it was awesome. Yeah. Have you ever been to Cleveland? I've been twice. Yeah. Uh spent like uh, four days there with a friend of mine who was living up there at the time uh, in his uh, cramped little uh, apartment. Okay. Uh, and uh, had a good time. You know, uh, we didn't really... Do a ton of things, but you know, still kind of fun. So you saw more of like 
the like neighborhoods and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had to work uh, one day while I was up there. Uh, he was interning at uh, Alternative Press Magazine. Wow. Uh, so I got to hang out at uh, AP for a while. Cool. And, uh, uh, befriended their uh, their office cat, uh, a giant, uh, apparently evil cat named Ogre. Yeah. Uh, who uh, who became my friend? Aww. And uh, everybody was absolutely shocked. You befriended an ogre. I did. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, I kind of used it also as an excuse to to uh, bug the uh, graphic design departments and uh, you know learn some stuff since I was uh, currently enrolled in art school. So, wow, well, that's awesome. Uh, and then I uh, went up there another time. You know, only spent like a day there. Uh, and I really didn't do anything because I was for a job interview. Uh, so basically, yeah, I was in downtown Cleveland in a hotel for most of the time. All right. And then, you know, off to a nearby suburb for a job interview and then back to Dayton. All right. Yeah. yeah. So neither one of us have spent a great deal of time in Cleveland. Nope. Uh, one thing I did notice was that it smells terribly. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice. I was with, you know, some hippie friends. And oh, okay. Yeah, you all smell them. them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cleveland has a uh, an odor. Okay. There. Yeah. Uh, like a blue collar kind of odor, like a uh, factory kind of thing. Like a fishy kind of odor. Ooh, a fishy. Like a rotten fishy kind of odor. Huh. Like a sewagey kind of odor. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I missed it. But I mean, I don't know. Again, I, you were hanging out with yeah, hippies. Right? Yeah. We were actually eating sardines out of cans and <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I didn't see much of it, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the the one trip, you know, no. mostly because I was hanging out with my friend and we did weird things. I, you know, it seems like a town that I would visit more often if it wasn't, like, I mean, it's, you know, it's in the same state as us, but it's, like, four hours away or right, something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's much easier to to hit Cincinnati or Columbus yeah. if we want the big city. Yeah. Yeah. If we want to get out of the cornfields for right. a weekend. <laughs> So yeah, so speaking of Cleveland though, yeah, uh, this is why we're talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, man, this is a luck of stroke of luck. <laughs> we happen to be talking about the city which has the same name as the book we review, right? Well, because the book is about Cleveland, yeah, sort of. I, I mean, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the first third of it is definitely about Cleveland. Yeah, it's a pretty good historical uh, account of. How Cleveland was built, and if, I, if by pretty good you mean, uh, you know, it is one, yeah. then yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, okay, well, you know, jump in there. Uh, I, I thought that was like usually. I don't know. I'm not really a history buff at all, <laughs> um, so I don't really I, like. I know I sound like an idiot, but I don't really care how things got to be the way they are. Right. I just I live right now, you know, and I enjoy. I you live in the moment. I live in the I'm very of the moment. Um, ask any lady. Um, no, I I don't know. I'm just not really into the history of things, like, you know, like the, the way back history of things. Right. But I thought that was really interesting, the way that uh, it showed how everything was built up. And, you know, you, you kind of did get a sense of, uh, I don't know, like if Cleveland was a character. You got a sense of the character's origin, you know. Right. I mean, well, Cleveland is a character in this story. <laughs> uh, I hate that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Who was your favorite character in Star Wars? The Death Star. Because if you think about it, he felt the most sadness. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You were saying something before. Uh, no, I, I was just saying, like, I, I really did. I mean, I think that was one of the more enjoyable parts for me was, like, because, you know, the first, like, fourth or fifth of the book is, you know, the, the history of Cleveland. Right. And it really does, like, I mean, it shows, like, you know, them picking the, the site to build the city and, like, all, all the way up until, you know, the present. And I thought it was really well done as far as giving you an idea of, you know, how how this city went, kind of went up and down over the years and, like, how it began. I thought that was really neat. It was interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I did learn some things. So, yeah. I mean, uh, but again, yeah, I'm mostly... Like, I do like history. How I like learning how things happened occasionally mm-hmm. uh, when I'm interested in the, the subject matter. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, I mean, like, I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy reading, like, his, the history of things I like. Right, you know, yeah. like, like, generally, I would never be interested in the history of Cleveland. Right, right. You know? But, I mean, like, if it was, like, the history of some band I really liked right. or something, you know, I would, I would read about how that happened. But. Right. In, I mean, you know, in general, I think I'm fascinated a little bit by history and how things did happen, uh, even if I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's not something that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for when I'm uh, reading something on a leisurely Sunday afternoon. You right, know? yeah. <laughs> well, but I don't think that would have really worked if, like, this whole book would have been, like, the history of Cleveland. Right, yeah, yeah. But, and, and I was really afraid it was going to be. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I started to think that at first, too, because, I mean, like, you know, they he was kind of really going into, like, the history of Cleveland. Right. But then I was like, okay, well, it's moving along a little faster, and this yeah. book's kind of thick, so. He, he does uh, skip decades at a time, occasionally. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, if it would have been, like, and then in the 1870s. Like, right, yeah. Like. A year-by-year year yeah. accounting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, even if it would have been, like, a third of this book, it would have been too much. Right. You know, but it, it, I think it just served to build up, you know. The, the kind of, like, atmosphere that Harvey Picard... Because he, he... I mean, he, he was born there, and he lived there, and he died there. Right. Um, so it kind of, like, built up the, you know, the the whole atmosphere of his life. Right. Uh, so that leads, I think, maybe into one of my problems with this book, is that uh, he jumps around a lot. Back and forth. Right. Like, like back and forth, uh, like he'll be... And I guess in a way it's sort of conversational in the way he's doing it, but but you're reading a narrative, it's really annoying. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can and and I feel sympathy for all of our listeners because I'm sure that's what happens <laughs> when they listen to us. Uh, but, uh, but at least you're not reading us. Yeah, can you imagine reading yeah. us? Uh, but yeah, he'll, he'll be on one topic and then suddenly he'll just like switch to another thing for seemingly no reason and then he'll eventually like he'll jump back in the past again right and occasionally even repeat things that he said yeah yeah uh it just it really hung me up a couple times it seems like that i mean like maybe you're right maybe it is uh just his conversational voice because it seems like that's not the first time i've i mean i haven't read like even a third of his library of of output but I have read a bunch of American Splendors, um, and it and it seems like that's not the first time I've noticed that too. But yeah, I totally it tripped me up once or twice because uh, he was like, 
you know, he would jump ahead and talk about something, and they'd be like, but, you know, but back then this happened. Right. And like, why, why bother? Because it wasn't integral to the next uh, story right, right. that he told that he would, you know, jump ahead and back. So, yeah, it was a little... But, yeah, I mean, that's just, maybe that's just the way he talks, and he just, you know, wrote it wrote it conversationally. Right. But I agree. I agree with you on that one. Right. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I didn't love it. Uh, I also have not, uh, I'm sure you've read a ton more American Splendor or anything that he's written than I have. Um, I haven't. I really haven't read a ton. I mean, well, I'm gonna tell you what I have read. Yeah. Uh, this book. Yeah. And maybe two stray issues of the DC Comics uh, the, American Splendor. The Vertigo one. For yeah. Me. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I've read a little more than that, but I mean, like, uh, I read I read the Vertigo miniseries, like the ones that like Dean Haspel and those guys drew. Right. Um. And then my when I was a kid, I remember my brother had because uh, American Splendor in the like late eighties, the first time I ever saw it was like a magazine sized comic. Mm-hmm. And my brother had a few copies of it, and I remember we we were watching David Letterman one night, and uh, anyone because anybody who's seen like the American Splendor movie knows right. the whole David Letterman story. Like he was on David Letterman promoting his comics, and uh, they had this sort of weird. Uh, sort of interaction with each other all the time. Right. And, like, it ended terribly, like, yeah. on his, like, eighth appearance or something. But but uh, they sort of had the same sort of, like, um, back and forth that, like, Charles Grodin and David Letterman had, if you ever saw those episodes. Yeah. This awkward sort of, you know, like, pseudo... Uh, it's almost like when Don Rickles is on a show, like, you you like you sort of think they hate each other, but at the same time, you know that they don't. But, but, uh, apparently, um, my brother was a big fan because he saw him on the show and he bought some of his comics and he loaned them to me to read. And, uh, and I remember going, wow, this is so neat. It was the first time I'd ever seen an autobiographical comic. And I was like, this is so neat. It's like just about this guy. And I started reading them and, and I thought they were very boring. Like it, it didn't hit me hard and like make me want to do autobiographical comics. Like if anything, it probably... I would have done them a lot sooner if I had never read Harvey Picard. <laughs> but I remember one episode in particular, like, I remember this so vividly, like it was yesterday, and this was like 20 years ago. Um, I read this one where, like, the short story is like, he goes to the gas station and he gets out and he, you know, puts the nozzle in his tank and he starts filling up the gas and you see, like, the, 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 like, numbers turning on the gas tank or on the gas machine. And then, like, you know, he finishes putting his gas in there and he hangs up the pump. And he gets back in his car and he drives away and then you see the words, the end. <laughs> and I read that and I was like, what? I mean, there was no, like, you know, introspection or, like, he... Or, like, if there was something, like, you know, where you're supposed to glean from it, like, some sort of viewpoint, I right. totally missed it when yeah. I was a kid. But I remember thinking, like, how boring is this? Like, is this really what this book is? Right. Uh... Well, the the few short stories that I've read uh, in the the Vertigo series, uh, I think they were aimed to not really have a point, but to be at least entertaining in some way. Right. Because I enjoyed them. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think this book has less of a point than any of those stories did. Uh, 
and I feel really bad saying that because it is like one of the last things that he ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it because I have seen American Splendor, I love that movie. I mm-hmm. think it's a great movie. Uh, but there's a big part of this book that uh, there's stuff that I already knew about from the movie. From the movie. Right. Yeah. And uh, it just sort of felt like he was just... This is more like, uh, like other than the, the history of Cleveland stuff, it just seems like it's a sort of, this is a best of Harvey P. Yeah, Carter. it really does. Yeah, I totally agree with that, too. <laughs> yeah, because it... Yeah, like you said, it has a lot of the same elements from that. And even after I read this, uh, you know, I learned this to you last week, and I was looking through just a pile of comics, not... I wasn't looking for any Harvey P. Care stuff. I just happened to be looking through a pile of comics in my house, and I found an issue of American Splinter. I was like, "Oh, I'll read this. Like, yeah. you know, like maybe that'll like, you know, I'll flesh something out or whatever." And uh, and it had like some of the same exact stuff that's in here. I mean, of course, it's not the same story right, or anything, right. but it's like just elements. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's like yeah, he. I mean, he did sort of kind of retread a lot of the same ground over the years, but. Right. But I mean, literally, that's, I mean, literally, he retread the same ground over the years because, like I said, he spent like 80 years in Cleveland. And, right, yeah. You know, so I mean, he does just kind of talk about the same things a lot. And I mean, yeah, he, uh, other than sort of weird indie comics, you know, royalty status that he has and like the, the early 80s Letterman appearances, he, for the most part, you know, didn't really was have just it. a normal dude who yeah. lived his life and worked at a you know menial job. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I like don't get me wrong. I I actually did like Cleveland. I like this book more than I did a lot of the the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because first of all, I I love the artwork. I think the oh, great. the artwork is gorgeous in this, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's it's very uh, fine lined uh, pen and ink. Yeah. Uh, super rendery, uh, a lot very. It's like a perfect balance of uh, realistic and cartoony. Yeah, but you know what? You know what his art reminds me of? Like, quick tangent because I was gonna, but it it reminds me of like someone who I don't know, like draws the most precise, uh, super detailed fine line stuff, like like the portraits on dollar bills, right? But like this is his sketchbook because right. it, it's very loose. Yeah, it has a very loose feel, but it is super detailed right. and like, yeah, it is amazing. Joseph Remnant, Joseph Remnant. Yeah, maybe I was about to say his name. Yeah, <clears throat> but um, but no, I I did I did think uh, oh, we're, we're, what were we talking about? Uh, Harvey B. Carr and Cleveland. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I I do I do like a lot a lot. I mean I like very much about Harvey Picard is that he doesn't sort of try to overspice things. Like, that's kind of, like, his angle, I guess. You know, he's like, you know, you can tell stories about a very normal person um, and make it interesting because of their viewpoint. But at the same time, like we, like we were talking about, he, you know, it's almost like, he, you know, he's kind of stuck a lot of times with the same viewpoint on the same things. Right. And he just kind of rehashes... Uh, you know, like like the fans that come to visit him, or I mean, like that was in the Vertigo comic I read this week, and it was also in this, and it was also in the movie, and right. you know, I mean, yeah, it's like you, you would think, like, because he seems like a really intelligent guy, um, right. that he would constantly have like 
something new to talk about, or even if he is in the same place. But uh, he even makes a point of it towards the end of this that uh, as he's gotten older, he's because uh, because he spends a good portion of this uh, just talking about how uh, he he just like spent a lot of his life reading and, and learning things. Uh, sometimes just out of spite. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> like he wanted to prove to his ex-wife that he could be smarter than her on whatever right, she yeah, was studying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then as he gets older, he decides that, uh, you know, he just doesn't have the energy or the interest to, to continue to do that stuff. And uh, the only reason he does is uh, because he needs to write in order to right. make money. You know? Yeah, because uh, like, yeah, he's done, he's, he's done in, uh, a lot of, like, biographies and, like, sort of, like, pieces about, you know, I don't know, politics and, like, right. current affairs and things over the years. So, yeah. Yeah, I could see him forcing himself to learn things he's not really interested in. Right. Uh, but so yeah, I mean, part of that is you know, he does have he he's almost forced himself into that rut that that is kind of prevalent in the fact that you know everything in this book is very familiar. Right. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that was, you know, I mean, if that's part of what made him kind of curmudgeonly is that, you know. I mean, he's, you know, he admits he's, like, a curmudgeon. Right, yeah. Um, with, like, this... I mean, he, he doesn't seem like he's incapable of joy, because, I mean, he seems to, like, enjoy things and, like, have right. fond dependence of a lot of people and a lot of things. Right. But... And he also, very early in the book, uh, like, is very critical of people who don't have sense of humors. Yeah. Which I thought was very weird, because, like, very little humor... <laughs> Seems to come out of him, yeah. like in anything that I've read. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. Like even even like, you know, like in the Vertigo series, the American Splendor series, there's a lot of funny things that happen. But it seems like, like he, you know, he's writing about himself and like about real life situations. But it always seems like the character of Harvey Picard is like completely clueless to the humor right, that's going right, on. Yeah. So it's like somehow as he's writing it, maybe he realizes the humor in life. Right. But as he's experiencing it, he. You know, maybe only right, yeah. only by reflection can he <laughs> determine that there's humor in the world. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. He, I mean, even though he's a curmudgeon, uh, he seems to like have a soft spot for Cleveland and like, right. you know, he seems to enjoy life, or he seems to have enjoyed life. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that's another thing uh, that I. You start getting to the end of the book, uh, and he starts talking about all the stuff that he's planning on doing, and then you realize that, like, he died almost a year after he finished this or whatever. You know? Right. Uh, it was very bittersweet. Yeah. You know, it was kind of uh, almost hard to, to get to the end. And, and even the ending itself just sort of kind of happens. Right. You know, there's, I mean... Yeah, again, it's autobiographical, and it's also a history of the city, so there's really no ending, right? You know, except for the fact that he died, right? Yeah, but <laughs> but it's maybe it's trying to say like because you know Harvey P. Carr's Cleveland, like maybe he he's still alive, and the fact that you know he's he's kind of permeated that city for the better part of a century, right? And like he is alive in a lot of things and a lot of people there. Maybe I mean maybe that's what they're trying to say, like right. like all the bookstores and all the you know, I don't know, all the, like, the jazz and, like, the whole, you know, jazz scene, like, right. 
maybe he is part of Cleveland, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I know that's the cheesiest thing. Cleveland is a character in the story, but right. maybe that's well, what they're you going know, uh, it's a, like on a very, very small scale. You and I were talking yesterday about uh, the possibility of, of you not working at Mavericks anymore. That's, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's sort of like, well, you know, Mavericks won't be the same without Jason. And Jason just wouldn't be the same without Mavericks either. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It's so, like, like, Harvey and Cleveland, you know, are very intertwined in the same way. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it's sort of like, you know, Cleveland is still going to go on without him. You know? Right. As opposed to Mavericks, which will just throw up and die when I leave. Probably. <laughs> Hate to say it. Probably. No, no, I don't think so. But, <laughs> but uh, but oh, no, that's what I was going to say before, is even though he's curmudgeoned, I mean, I mean, you know, he's he's... Not even though, but since he was uh, this curmudgeon, right. do you think maybe he wouldn't have been so like that if he like just kind of you know was a little looser and like he wasn't cramming all this information in, into his life and like trying to learn all these things? Like, I mean, not that I don't mean like not learn things, but you know, just like he sort of had this like like you said bitter obsession about like he had to know all this stuff and he couldn't, uh, he couldn't enjoy it because of it was like work, you know. I don't know, because, uh, I mean, no matter where he lived or whatever, he, he would have probably done the same thing. It's just, I think, uh, part of his personality that was ingrained from the beginning, you right. know, is, uh, uh, I mean, just, because we do get a little bit of that in the, in the uh, early part of the book where he grew up and uh, you know, his parents were never around and he was in a neighborhood where nobody would be his friend and spent a lot of time with like either his grandparents or the neighbor men who took him to ball games. Right, yeah. And uh so I mean, when you're a kid left alone, you know, uh you generally tend to seek out seek things. out something, yeah. you know, and, and reading is obviously the easiest thing anyone can do. Right. You know, and uh so, you know, probably just from that he, he just sort of you know, develop that whole, you know, I, I have to do something, right. and, and, you know, this is what I do, you know, and he just never let go of that. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, there's another part to that where, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, his obsession or whatever, uh, her, you know, maybe just a compulsion or just for, a, for knowledge and... Uh, not just knowledge, but, uh, you know, there's a section of the book where, uh, I think it's his second wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, like, you know, she, uh, like she's studying to, to, you know, have a PhD or whatever. And, uh, he basically tells her that, uh, you know, if she's gonna leave, then, you know, they're gonna break up. And, uh, because he doesn't want to leave Cleveland because, yeah. uh, he worked too hard to get the the position at his job. His where, file clerk job. Right, yeah. And uh, he's uh, not going to give that up for anything. Yeah. You know, it's just like if you maybe relaxed on that a little bit, because you can find a job anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially, like, in New York or wherever, you know? Right. Yeah that, yeah, that is bizarre. I mean, yeah, there's something about him. Maybe you're right. Compulsion is the right word, because, I mean, he even, he even it was still a file clerk, like, after he was you know, quote-unquote famous, right. like, after he was doing decent from yeah. his, his writing. So I think if I remember from the movie, they actually filmed his retirement party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, that's, that is odd. And that, I mean, that's another thing about him, too. Like, I mean, usually, you know, like, if you if you read works of fiction by a writer, you know, you're always interested in the writer, too. I mean, like, you like their work, and then you all of a sudden become interested in, like, well, I wonder what they're like, you know, what do right, they do? Yeah. But, like, his work is about him. Right. And, and he is not interesting, usually. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's a pretty basic guy. Right. Um, so, I mean, that is a bizarre, like, little dichotomy. Right. Know, because... You don't really want to learn more about him because it's you're, all there. Right? Yeah. yeah, so it's like what you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's strange. Yeah. He's a very like I like I said like his book his his work never like hit me hard and affected me. Um, like when I was a kid or even I mean ever really like right. like I I was but I respect him as much as anyone who's oh, yeah. ever written a comic. You know? I uh, I can agree with you on that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I've read maybe three, four things total. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, including this. Like, and I didn't love any of it. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, like, like I didn't uh, put this book down and say, well, that was a waste of a couple hours. Yeah. yeah like, like, it was just like, oh, okay. Because, I mean, he, I mean, he did, like, he did do something amazing. Yeah. And, like, and, like, especially coming from the background that he came from, and like, he wasn't, trained i mean he just read a lot right and he and he you know saw robert crumb's comics and he was like you know oh, i could do comics and right i i don't i mean like i know he started doing comics before i was even born i don't know if that was the first autobiographical i, don't, I really don't know uh, yeah I don't know. but i know he started in the mid 70s and uh early 70s actually was it and uh yeah i mean that is amazing to me that you know just some guy was like oh i'm just gonna write about my life even though I don't really do anything that interested me. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that to me, I totally respect that. Like right. trying something like that. That's you know, because I like comics, and you know, I think there's uh, still a part of me that would like to make comics at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hardly ever have any ideas, and I certainly would never ever think about writing about my life because <laughs> there is absolutely nothing that happens. So like. What is it about his personality or his mental state that says that, you know, oh, well, I get up and I go to work and I come home and I listen to records and read books that would make an interesting story for other people to read. Right. You know? Well, I wonder, too, though, if, I mean, like, if he hadn't made comics until, you know, like the 90s or something, if people would care as much because... You know, I mean, back then in the 70s, I mean, like, that was probably way different than anything right. anybody was doing. Um, it was also still part of the underground comic scene. Yeah. Know? So, like, he's sort of like, you know, I don't know, the grandfather of Autobio comics or something, where, right. you know, maybe this book is only made because of all the respect and all the, you know, you know, all the fans that he's garnered over the years. Right. Whereas if he would just come out of nowhere now, people would be like, well, it's got to be about something, Harv, you right. know. Well, you know, there's still people who do autobio comics, uh, you know, Jeffrey Brown and, you know, mm. a slew of, uh, mini comics creators <laughs> oh, out yeah, there. Yeah. But, you know, I guess at the same time, though, would they be doing that if it weren't for Picard doing it right. in the 70s? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, like I do autobio comics and right. I was inspired by, like, just around and all of those guys in the eighties, right. but I know they were inspired by Harvey. Like Harvey, I, I've seen Just Around. Uh, he he did a book once where he had Harvey Picard write the introduction to it. I mean, you know, he's clearly right. a huge fan. And uh, yeah, so I mean, like 
you know, like I said, my respect for Harvey Bikar far, far outshines my enjoyment of his work. Right. But I do. It's kind of how I feel about uh, Guided by Voices. Yeah. Yeah. I respect what he's done, uh, Robert Pollard, but uh, I I would pay you not to listen to Guided by Voices. (laughs) That's funny because that's the song I was picking for. Except for the fact that I'd actually be more open to reading anything by Harvey P. Carr than listening to anything by Robert Pollard. You know, I I have never read any of Harvey's just fictional work. Like he did, uh, I don't know, like Macedonia. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I mean that's not fiction, but I mean it's not autobiographical. Right. That's that's what I meant. But uh, I don't, I don't <clears throat> actually, I don't know if he's ever written just fiction. But um, I've never read anything that he wrote that wasn't about himself. Right. Um, so I'm curious to see like just his take on things because. I mean, you know, he used to do reviews of jazz records and things like that, so right. you know, I'm sure he has viewpoints on other things, and, you know, right. I'd, be, I'd be curious to see it. It'd be, I think it'd be almost weird to read a comic by him that uh, just didn't have, like, a little cartoon version of him scowling in every panel <laughs> right. or something. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah Paige, there, there's a... I was going to mention that specifically. There's, on page 102 of this book... <laughs> Is the best picture of Harvey Picard I've ever seen. It's just this, the third panel. It's just like this wordless panel of him just s- standing there and he looks so like kind of, you know, <laughs> and, and it totally represents exactly what I think of when I think of Harvey Picard comics. Yeah. You know? Like it's perfect. <laughs> I don't know. So maybe we should talk about his art, about Joe's art. Yeah, we already did. Uh, yeah, but I mean... It's beautiful art. Yeah, I mean... We described it. What else is there to say? <laughs> well, I mean, I think he... I, honestly, to me, I think he, uh, you know, was the main reason I enjoyed the book. Okay. Like, the artwork was... I think the artwork was just incredible. Yeah, I think that was implied with uh, what we said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, had, I had seen his artwork before, um... And the first time I ever saw it, the first thing I immediately thought of was Robert Crumb. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because it, it looks... Kind of crumbish kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't... I wouldn't say it's a rip-off of Crumb. No, Because it has its own thing. Yeah. But it's clearly influenced, and I thought it was, you know, just kind of, mm. like, perfect that they chose him to do this, because, um, you know, Crumb did a lot of uh, American Splendor. Right. And, yeah, yeah, I just... I love... I love, <clears throat> I love the art. I mean, it, like, you know... Like, I'm guessing he, he, uh, I don't know, maybe he, I don't know if he's from Cleveland or what, but maybe. Yeah, he says, yeah, in the back, he's in, from L.A. L.A.? Okay. Yeah. Is it near Cleveland? It's, like yeah, right across the uh, lake. The lake, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe he did a lot of research as far as the cityscape, but I mean, it's beautiful, and like, the backgrounds are amazing, like, yep. there's just so much going on in there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more Joseph Remnant work. He's got his own uh, self-published comic out. Yeah, right. yeah, it's good too. I, that's, it, that's the one. I, that's where I first saw his okay. art because right. I, I bought it like a year ago. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's really neat. It's kind of, it's kind of weird too. It's like not not straight, you know, narrative. It's kind of strange. Uh, I'm not, not interested. <laughs> <clears throat> that's funny though. It's funny. Um, yeah, but uh. Harvey Picard's Cleveland. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fine. 
It's probably the best thing I can say about it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the art is amazing. The story, it's fine. No. I kind of, I'm kind of coming off of this uh, much like I did Zodiac. There's yeah. nothing really terrible I can say about it, but yeah. you know. Well, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it's 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 uh, yeah. It by any means is not a bad comic. Uh, I don't know if it was worth uh, uh, twenty-two dollars for it. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe wait until it's a soft cover. <laughs> it it is a top shelf's first thing that they've done with Harry Picard, which I yeah. thought was you know interesting because I mean he's I mean he's Dead. self-published. He's yeah. Well, he, he's self-published. He's he's done like I think Dark Horse has done. Have, have Dark Horse done? I think so. they did some American Splendor. Yeah, and, and uh, Vertigo, Vertigo, and DC. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's cool that his work is kind of spread out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe like I don't know. Like it. It has a very like even just the design of the the book. It kind of has a different look and feel than the other stuff I've seen by Harvey P. Carr, so right. maybe that'll... But at the same time, it has the exact same look and feel of a uh, top-shelf comic. Exactly. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Maybe it'll get a new audience for him. You know, yeah. people that hadn't seen his stuff. I'm before. guessing that anyone who reads a top-shelf comic has probably already read a Harvey P. Carr comic before. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't think a lot of people read Harvey P. Carr comics. Well, not a lot of people read comics. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Highest-selling comic sells 100,000 copies. Yeah. Is that billions of people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comics are a drop in a proverbial bucket and a lot of those people are buying multiple copies so they can sell oh, their kids to versus X-Men. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so they can get that variant cover I mean, yeah. Yeah. but uh yeah yeah uh yeah not my favorite auto bio stuff but definitely uh definitely worth looking at yeah. All right. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a review, right? I was just ready to end it ten minutes ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you didn't want to talk about Jeff Joe's uh, Joe's because we already did. <laughs> I would just both said it was good. Yeah, that's all you need. Okay. It's not about him. It's about Harvey Picar. Well, he did half the work. Well, he did most of the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still not about him. Yeah. He's the unsung hero of this book. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Sounds good.
Hey, welcome back to Gutter Trash. <laughs> so is it Picar or Picar? It's Picar. Yeah, it's Picar. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was like Pecan, Pecan, you know. Right. Just like different people pronounce it different ways. Yeah. I feel like in the movie it was always, from my memory, it's Picar. Right? There is Picar. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The movie? Yeah. Awesome movie. Oh, excellent movie. Yeah. It really did, the book made me want to read that, or watch that again. Right. That's yeah, why my here. that's why my pick is American Splendor. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, I own it. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah, that was easy. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, buddy. Yeah, friend. How's the haps? Nothing. 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 Yeah. Huh. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I got nothing. I watched a terrible movie today. Oh? Or part of a terrible movie. Uh, what was it? It was called Brand Upon the Brain. Brand Upon the Brain? Yep. Huh. Hmm. It's a uh, Canadian movie. Uh, a silent movie made in 2006. Uh, about a person who has the same name as the director of the movie, so... You know that there's no ego involved. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, who uh, returns to his... Uh, the the lighthouse in which he grew up uh, on his uh, mother's request that he uh, paint it before she dies. Hmm. Uh, and then he uh, remembers back to his childhood where uh, his father uh, performed uh, weird experiments on kids. And there was a... Uh, uh, a teenage detective who came to the island to uh, investigate what was happening. Uh, and then she started posing as a boy in order to seduce the kid's sister. And her mother, the mother, uh, could see and hear everything from the top of the light tower. Man. Uh, and uh, it was all done in, like, super weird, fast... Uh, MTV-style editing with, like, you know, really weird imagery, like, flickering throughout all the uh, shots, yeah. and then, like, title cards would come up, and then it was uh, narrated by, uh, well, the default narration was by uh, Isabella Rossellini. Oh, yeah. I like her. Uh, but you could also choose uh, from a variety of different people who had uh, narrated it when the, the film was on tour. Oh, wow, really? Uh, including a Crispin Glover. Uh, who I, I listened to his narration for about five minutes before I switched back to uh, Isabella Rossellini. Yeah, she has a better voice. Yeah. And then eventually just uh, ejected the movie, because uh, even about 20 minutes in, I was like, is it too late to call this uh, pretentious piece of bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? Brand Upon the Brain. Brand Upon the Brain. Huh. Directed by Guy Madden. Hmm. And the lead character's name was Guy Madden. Different guy, though. Hmm? Different guy, Madden? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. If you name your characters your name in your movie, then uh, you should kill yourself. Oh. Joe Bardo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't think he listens. Oh. Oh, no, I don't. I don't know who that is. <laughs> He's a guy I used to work with who made a movie that... Uh, uh, oh, okay. You you and I have both seen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 I got you. I'm kidding. Joe shouldn't kill himself. No. 
Sweet. Well, but every other director who names, names a character uh, yeah. uh, their, their own name in a movie should definitely kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's just their first name and then, like, it's a different last name? Uh, depends on what the first name is. Hmm. If your first name is Guy and you name a character Guy... Right. Then, but if it's like Jeff or Bill, right? Then yeah, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unless okay. it's not a biographical movie. Well, then that, well, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Are there any of those other than just documentaries? Autobiographical movies? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I know um, there's shitloads of biographical movies. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you like, know, just documentaries featuring, you know, a guy doing right. something. But you Ma- know. Michael Moore? I mean, those aren't really yeah. documentaries. <laughs> those are documentaries. Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. yeah, nothing I know of. Yeah. Right. It's just Tell a us. weird thought that... Uh, Tell us if you know. Uh, don't bother. No. Because my interest in this is gone. It's fading. Yeah. <laughs> it is gone. It was gone as soon as I said it. You're like, why did I say that? I don't care. <laughs> Hmm. But you? Uh, I haven't seen any any movies at all. Yeah. Uh, no, no, good nor bad. Um, I did go to a wedding yesterday. That there was you. something. That was kind of cool. One of our listeners actually got married. Oh, yeah, Jeremy Anderson. Oh wow, little Jeremy. Yep. Yeah. How come right. I didn't get invited? <laughs> uh, well, he he gave me a plus one. I think he assumed it was going to be you, but I brought Kathleen instead. Uh. So. That's, well, probably, that's probably more my fault than his. I still should have gotten my own invitation, mm-hmm. but now I'm going to redirect my aggro at you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was cool, though. Um, well, was congratulations, nice. Jerry. Yeah, seriously, him and Jessica are uh, our uh, husband and wife, which is awesome. That's the way you, you do the marriage thing. That is usually how yeah. a marriage works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can do the two husbands and the two wives thing. Well, uh, of course, in yeah. certain states, at least. Yeah. yeah. It, and by all means, go for it if you can. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you d- in general, though, a, a wedding is when two people come together mm-hmm. and uh, a union of sorts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, come out of it the other end as uh, whatever you want to call yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this case, the Andersons. Yes. Um, it was an outdoor wedding, which is awesome. Oh. You're like, I'm glad I didn't go. Thanks for not inviting me. It wasn't too hot yesterday. It was warm. It was really hot yesterday. It was, it was nowhere near as bad as today, though. It was, well, yours, yeah, it was an evening thing, wasn't it? It was like 6.30, yeah. Uh, it got cooler out throughout the day, but right. I know I went out around noon yesterday and uh, almost immediately retreated back indoors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I don't want to go to no noon outside wedding no. in the summer. Yeah. yeah, my cousin, uh, uh, 10 years ago or so, got married, uh... Outdoors in Atlanta. Uh, it was like 95 degrees out. It was fucking awful. Yeah. Uh, There's no, like, gazebo or tent? Even? Nope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were some shady spots to stay in. It was, it was pretty nice. There were some trees in this. Yeah. 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 They didn't help. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Even the reception was outside. Oh, this one was in a German hall. Yeah. That's pretty cool. There was like lots of Nazi memorabilia uh, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I mean that was sort of their wedding theme. Oh, okay, right. you know, like the the armbands <laughs> and the, the fake square mustache. Of course, yeah. But yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, at least I mean, at least I think it was fake. I mean, he has been wearing that for like a year and a half. But right, I mean, I thought maybe it's just since the proposal, he's grew it, you know, <laughs> just to perfect it. 
Oh, you're just trying to bring it back. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, my, Michael Jordan did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah did, did he do that? Oh, did yeah. The Nazi, the oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got Jordan, Chaplin, and Hitler. That's, I mean, that's pretty good company. Yeah. You know. And our uh, friend uh, Stephen Alexander. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> also tried to bring it back. Uh, and and Merle Allen, bass player from the Murder Junkies, had, oh, had one of those for yeah. a while. So yeah, uh, <laughs> three out of five ain't bad, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was cool. And then uh, other than that, other another exciting thing I got to do. I, I think I told you about this, but I'll share it because I was pretty stoked about it. There was a local uh, comic strip contest at a high school, yep. and I and I was like, at spur of the moment, I was asked to come co-judge it with another uh, like local artist who I'd never met. So that was really cool. It was at Fairmont, and um, all these kids did like their version, basically like a BC comic strip, just like a caveman story. But um, I thought there was some, actually, some pretty impressive. Like I really, I honestly didn't expect to like really actually like any of them right but i thought like five kids are terrible kids are bad yeah. uh, they shouldn't draw no um you should take their quarter their uh, crayons away and yep. like, have them drawn and quartered um the kids the kids yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah save those crayons oh, for the yeah. adults you know exactly <laughs> no but seriously like no kidding there was like five or six of them that i thought were awesome like they were like if they did comics i would be buying them you know like you know i don't know i was impressed so. so it was better than uh, that one time that you and I went to teach a class of kids? Because <laughs> um, those kids were terrible. One of those <laughs> kids was awesome. Remember that one kid that did like three comic strips in that one time? I forget. <laughs> but I mean, of course, those kids were like five and like the high school kids were like, I don't know, 12. How old are high school kids? Uh, uh, 12. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Actually, I think most of the kids uh, we uh, we taught... And I say that with quotes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I think they were anywhere yeah. between like six and fourteen. Yeah, there were some like middle school kids there. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, but yeah, that's been my it's been my exciting week. Yeah. So who won? Um. Well, I narrowed. What I, did they win? I helped. Well, everybody got cookies first of all. Oh, so everybody fuck wins. That everybody wins. Fuck that. But. No, um, some of the actual, like, I think there's going to be, like, three top spots, but he he didn't want to, the guy that I was co-judging with was sort of in charge of it, and he didn't want to pick right then, so he had me tell him the ones I liked the best, and he said he was going to go home and, like, you know, like, do, I don't know, do something up where he, like, post them and post yeah. the winners so they can see it. That also seems like bullshit. You know, like, they didn't find out right then on the yeah. spot. Well, he didn't want to ruin their, their day of, like, the losers. Oh, fuck that. That's why they're in a competition. That's why they, the, the cookies were there, to heal the wounds. Yeah, this is all bullshit. <clears throat> Only winners get cookies. Okay. The winner finds out that day to get those cookies. All right. Everybody else, suck it the fuck up, you, kids. You get to watch winners eat cookies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's your prize. <laughs> That's second place. You and all the Third other losers. Third place is you're fired. Second place is you and all the other losers get to watch the winner eat cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. Cookies are for closers. Closers? Yeah. Gary Glenross. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that was, that was it. It was fun. It was like, it was, it was cool to, to, to see some of the art. So, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. 
Good job, kids. You all deserve a cookie. No, nope. no matter what Eric says. <laughs> they tried to give me a cookie. And I said, you don't deserve. A I know. Cookie. See, I'm with you on that one. I was like, no, save it for the kids. <laughs> give, give it to the janitor or something. Oh, he didn't do anything. He had to clean up all those cookie crumbs. That's his job. <laughs> he gets rewarded with a paycheck and uh, somewhat stability. Yeah. Until he, you know, diddles a few kids in the bathroom. <laughs> like all janitors will do. Oh, we don't know that. We, we assume <laughs> it, but we don't know it. <laughs> oh, man. What if there's a janitor listening to the show and he's... Diddling a kid right now? Diddling a kid and he's like, that's ironic. This is the first time I've ever done this. <laughs> here, here, Timmy, you can have another cookie. <laughs> well, clearly, then he needs to focus if he's listening to us while he's doing that. Yeah. yeah. Just do one or the other. Yeah. Put down your iPod and go diddle that kid. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's going to be our, like, tagline on your next <laughs> revamp of the side, isn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> Don't diddle kids, janitors of the world. Um, Just janitors. Yeah. Everybody else, garbage men, uh, presidents, um, mavericks, co-workers. <laughs> Keep it up. Ooh, who are you talking about? <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Most of them. Just, just the magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So awkward. <laughs> uh, maybe we should just quit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, before it spirals out of control. Yeah. <laughs> before we venture into territory best left unventured into. <laughs> well, I do have a movie in mind if you want me to hop to that. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. I, I don't really have anything else to talk about. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. Other than, uh, I almost thought about murdering you today, but. Uh, oh, just... really? Yeah. Today? Uh huh. Well, why? Uh, for a donut and maybe a Pepsi. Oh, well, why would you murder me? Why wouldn't you just call me an Because I, I think I would really murder someone if uh, they had a donut and a Pepsi. Oh, like if I would have brought one over? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you, you could have called me and said, hey, pick up some snacks on the way over. No, I can't do that. No. Well. There's a reason that I would uh, resort to murder for a donut and a Pepsi. Yeah. And, uh, you don't have any cash on you. Huh? You don't have any cash on you. Well, that's, that is a huge <laughs> oh. part of the reason. <laughs> but not the main reason. <laughs> if you would have uh, participated and lost in the comic strip contest, you would have got a cookie. I couldn't have eaten the cookie. Oh, okay. <laughs> And also, I wouldn't have accepted if I didn't win. So you would play by the rules oh, yeah. if you weren't the winner or yeah. the judge. Okay. You're offering me a... If you're just offering cookies, then I'm going to take a cookie, even though I can't have a cookie. But... Well, well, no, they offered cookies before we even looked at the... I mean, he passed Oh, well, then that's not, a, yeah. that's not a prize. Yeah. Yeah, then that's fine. Well, I'm well, so saying everybody got cookies. Not because you, of you the, made it sound as if uh, everybody participated and then they got a cookie. Well, they well they whether turned, they won or lost. They turned them in. Okay, step one turned in the cartoon. Okay. Step two, everybody gets a cookie. Oh. Step three, judging happens. No, then yeah, you're then, back to your original. Yeah, I'm okay. back to my stance. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna give me a cookie as some sort of bullshit pity prize, 
Well, <laughs> it was partly because that was the last day for seniors, and a lot of those kids were seniors, so uh, it was like they were having they were having a party. That's anyway. still a bullshit pity prize then for seniors. Oh yeah, <laughs> they should have got alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, their prize is the uh, diploma that they get in uh, like a week or so, when whenever they do the graduation yeah. ceremony. That's true. Yeah. Well, cookie tied you over. I mean, you can't you can't go on an empty stomach for a week. Your mom will give you a cookie. <laughs> Say, hey, you're done with school now. Here's a cookie. Uh, until I find out that you failed and you have to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's worth it. Hey, hey, it might happen. Yeah, that's true. Some of those kids not not too bright. I nope. imagine, right? I know. School children. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, that's Kettering. They're all smart. Yeah. <laughs> you just three blocks down the road, they're all dumb. But that's. Uh, Alter? <laughs> yeah. Do you n- name me one person that graduated from Alter that has any mm. lick of sense? Joe <laughs> <laughs> Grudenhoff. Yeah, that's okay. That's the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, pick a movie. I have a movie in mind. Uh, <laughs> it's called Hesher. Oh. Have okay. You, have you ever seen it? I have not. Me neither. But I want to. Yeah, me too. All right. Let's watch Hatcher. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. Look it up. H H E S H E R. Yep. If you're trying to spell it out there. It's got uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. And probably some other people. Maybe. Unless it's one-man show. Which I don't, I don't think it is. I don't believe it is. Yeah. Not a lot of movies do that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For good reason. Yeah. you imagine Lord of the Rings, the one-man show? That'd be pretty weird. The epic battle just loses <clears throat> a little something. Yeah, it really yeah. does, Sam. <clears throat> All right, Escher, yeah, yeah. I've been looking forward to saying that at some point. Cool. So let's do that. Yes, sir. Excellent. All right, everyone, go eat your cookies. You're all winners mm-hmm. in our you, book. You don't get cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> You can subscribe to Gutter Trash at iTunes or directly at guttertrash.net. If you go to iTunes, please leave us a review. You can email us at eric at guttertrash.net or jason at guttertrash.net. For more info, you can find us on Facebook. Or you can go to seanborn.net or buyerbeware.guttertrash.net. Listen to our sister podcast, League Night, at league.guttertrash.net. Thank you for listening. Until next time.